It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Idle Talk. My name is Tom. And we have a special guest here today. I am not Ashley. I do not have nearly enough hair on my head for those of you who are watching on Facebook. Uh, my name's Dan. I'm a technician at King's Auto Repair. And uh, we're going to see if I still have a job at the end of this hour. <laughs> or am I going to be uh, putting some resumes out? We'll see. So I doubt you're going to be putting resumes out. I try to get them to fire me. They tell me, what is it? Oh, you have to suffer with me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, as you know, and the guys here before us on uh, Talk It Out, we're saying that Ashley is out in Montana this week. Uh, she um, and Laura, back at the office there, left us running around by ourselves. So um, We are like bad little kids. Exactly, exactly. So uh, she actually asked the neighbor lady, Jean, to watch over us and make sure that no one died. So Gene's idea of watching over us is to go to Shady Maple and come back with like a dozen and a half donuts that one donut would easily feed two of us. And she bought a dozen and a half. <laughs> Gene, if you're listening, we are super happy. I mean, you can always feed a mechanic junk food. It's like we survive on that. But <laughs> so we are being taken care of. And apparently the girls are snacking, too, because Laura's been sending me pictures of their pack out stuff. Yeah. Just full of chips and blue Doritos. Oh, her yeah. favorite. Yeah. We you know, know I, didn't, I haven't gotten any pictures. I got two pictures. From Ashley or from Laura? From Ashley. Okay. Uh, one was of the dog that, <laughs> of there course. at the ranch, and the other was actually um, a tractor because she knows I like tractors. Was it anything neat or? Yeah, it was an old case tractor, which oh. is like my, my favorite. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a green tractor fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Jersey transplant, so I'm still kind of learning this old tractor thing, but they are neat. <laughs> I can't look at them. Like, I can look at cars and be like, I know that's this year. They made them for this long, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you show me a tractor, I'm like, that's cool, but I don't know anything about it. Well, yeah. So, I, I mean, those are the pictures I got. So, I don't, other than she sent me, like, two messages through uh, through Facebook, I don't know what they're doing. But I know she took her fancy camera out there, and she's going to bring a bunch of pictures back. Apparently, it was snowing and raining and all sorts of other craziness out there. Oh, is that what you were ta- you were saying? Ashley was telling you. Yeah, she told me in her her uh, stuff yesterday that it was uh, raining and there was like ice balls coming down and it was it was crazy, like everything you would expect in Montana. Also here in Eastern PA during fall, it'd be you get that in the morning, <laughs> you get sun in the afternoon, yep. rain and black ice overnight. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, so. I mean, she usually takes the lead on this, and then she throws me onto the bus. But I thought, you know what, we can talk about our regular stuff that we saw at the shop and things going on. But I saw an article out here that said about a magnesium shortage. And I thought that would be something that we should actually talk about because it doesn't just affect the automotive industry, but it affects everything. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that magnesium is like one of the ingredients for a lot of these alloy metals. Like most of your higher quality aluminums that you would find in 
cars, trucks, planes, all sorts of that stuff. You actually need magnesium to make it. Um, I am by no means a chemist. I don't exactly know how it all works, but I know that actually is a a big deal for a lot. And magnesium actually rusts and oxidizes very quickly. So it's not one of those things they can just make a ton of. He's looking at me like, wow, oh, no, I'm no. smart. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how it's – I know it's mine. That's all I know. I know Google. Uh, <laughs> that's how I got here. But um, like, they can't just like stockpile it because it will get oxidized and it's not the same anymore. So basically when they need it, they need it, and they can't just let it sit around. Um, yeah, so I mean without that – and it goes in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean – Aluminum in cars now is kind of the standard on everything. Uh, body, they've been making body panels out of aluminum for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest that I know of, and there's probably stuff before that, I know the F-150 in 1997 had an aluminum hood. So, yeah, that's right. Mine does have an aluminum hood. It, it, I have yeah. a 97 F-150, <laughs> and every time I open the hood, I can see the crusties, and I'm like, oh, wait. That's aluminum. That's not going to rust. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they've been using aluminum in automobiles for a long time, but now it's in it's in suspension and everything uh, like everything else because it's so lightweight and so strong. So, the other place that you're going to see magnesium is they actually use it in fertilizer too. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, it's I and it's not a whole lot, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit. And they use a little bit of it in there and they use it for fertilizer. So this is actually going to affect food production and prices and stuff like that too. So, and any other thing that's aluminum that you interact with. So, I mean, there, there's every, everything in life anymore has aluminum and computer chips in it. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but I will say this being in Laura's position and trying to source parts here lately <laughs> is getting really tough because, I was actually looking for some brake parts for an F-150 yesterday, and I actually was looking for brake parts for a, uh, it was a, I think it was a Kia to, or a Hyundai today, and neither of them I could find parts for. Wow. I, I was having a really hard time finding brake pads. I'm starting to tell people it's almost like, uh, for lack of a better term, roulette. Like it's, you know, for a, a 20-year-old Honda, it's like, oh, yeah, we got that. And then it'll be like a, a five-year-old Subaru, and they're like, that part doesn't exist in this country. Mm-hmm. I have a guy out there right now. Uh, it's that Kia minivan with the taillight issue. Mm, yeah. These, um, the control box that controls basically the whole back of the van, the lights, the power sliding doors, whatever, has just decided to keep one of the rear lights on for no apparent reason. Um, we called Kia. Kia's like, that box does not exist in this country. That's bad. And we're like, well, what do we do? And they're like. I don't know. <laughs> so now we got to tell so, this guy, sorry, I guess you got to keep like uh, unplugging the bulb or something overnight. Guess, we can't, like literally, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I know the last couple times we sent computers out to get them fixed, they didn't exactly come back correct. So or there were find, other issues yeah. with programming, and mm-hmm. then you get to spend the hour and hours on a laptop trying to code it and make it work with the car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's the problems are definitely definitely out there, and we're definitely starting to see them in the automotive industry because, like I said, I was looking for the basic brake pads for a car today, and, um, oh, the other one was a Nissan. There was a Nissan, well, and there, were, there was uh, one of our suppliers only had one set of brake pads for it. Wow. And that was it. 
there was nothing else listed, and I went to the other supplier that we use a lot, and they had five sets of brake pads, but they were in outlying warehouses. So, um, yeah, six sets of brake pads for a Nissan Altima. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not good. I have a customer. He's got a Subaru, and we can't find an alternator. Like, yeah. we, the one parts supplier we called, they're like, we don't even have that number. <laughs> so we had to get it from the dealer, and they're like, it's going to be a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he's charging the battery at home because we haven't seen him. Yeah. But that just puts us in a really weird spot. We, You know, we're here to fix your cars. I mean, yes, it's our job, but we all get into this because we like helping people. It's mm-hmm. a neat thing. I mean, you bring your car to me, it's because you at least trust the idea <laughs> that this technician can take care of it. But, I mean, you put your kids in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work for Honda, and we had minivans. I can't tell you how many times I'd get in a van. And it's loaded with baby seats in the back. And it's yeah. just that one more pause, especially now I'm a, I'm a dad. I have two children of my own. You think about that. And, you know, people trust you to get their your stu- their stuff running and keep it safe. And then yeah. through no fault of our own, we're not doing anything wrong. We just can't get it. And that that's, like, really disheartening for us. Yeah. It, it, it's really it's really tough to deal with, too. So, And we have um, some stuff that, you know, it's – you can get it, but it's going to take a, a week, week and a half to get too. So, I mean, it, it's just interesting times. So, if you're going out there and you're going to your, you know, your mechanic, just know that there's the stuff out there. They're trying their best, but the best might not be what it was, you know, last year, or the year before. We just we can't we just can't find it. So, and just doing the best that we can. Yeah, and I mean we're all in this same boat. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we see it. Um, I don't think anybody's out there panic buying brake rotors for a Subaru Forester. <laughs> no. uh, they're quite heavy, so it's just supplies are a thing. So or supply and demand's a thing, and we just don't have a lot of supply right now. So I don't know. Please be kind to your mechanic. We're trying. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, and that being said, I, the other thing I wanted to talk about here early on was the emissions testing legislation too. So that's another another thing that you know we saw recently and I believe it passed the Pennsylvania Senate. But yeah. it didn't go into the House yet. I think it's one of those things where they're not expecting it to get all the way through. But basically, um if you don't know, a lot of the surrounding states around here, if you buy a new vehicle, you are exempt from any sort of inspection for the first two or five years, maybe four, depending on the state. Um, I know in New Jersey, you're like my dad got a new truck two years ago, and I think the sticker is 2023, and he's going to take that in, and they're just going to slap an extension sticker on it. Um, so they're trying to do that here. So a lot, a lot of this bill is to exempt the car for the first five years of ownership from emissions testing. So, um, which you know, in the first five years, a lot of them are covered by the OE manufacturer warranty. So if something goes wrong, a lot of the emissions problems are covered by the manufacturer. So that's why they're saying, you know, okay, you should kind of be exempt because it's going to be under warranty. Yeah, what is it? They said um, it was like 90, the high 90 percentage of cars passed the first time around. My only concern would be is, uh, and this is the hot rodder and every mechanic, is, okay, I buy a new car. Cool. Now I'm going to pull the cat off and throw a turbo, you know, big turbo on it because I got five years and then trade it in. Um, I have 
that's actually something talking speaking about my father in Jersey. He said he knows guys who do that, and then they just trade it in in five years, and it's somebody else's headache. Just an interesting little thought. I didn't even yeah. think about that until I ran it past him. Yeah, and that would be something some people would do, but you know, a lot of people aren't going to be aren't no, going to be no, working no. that. So, but it passed the Senate, and uh, we've touched on this before. One of the reasons we have emissions testing here is because the federal government wanted it, um, and they tied the federal government money, road money, to it. So. They said the highly populated areas of the state have to have emissions testing or we're not going to give you uh, any of the the money from the federal government for the roads. Hmm. So one of the interesting things will be is if this does pass, what will end up happening? The question is what will end up happening to the federal road dollars? Will they still give them to them or will they pull back some of those dollars? But they don't know. Um but the legislature is kind of playing around with that to see what happens. It'd be interesting to see. And um, I'm coming at this from a I work on these things every day standpoint. And, I mean, we catch a lot of stuff. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. I've had quite a few cars that, you know, they're they're a year or two old and it's just a software update. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's it's a lovely thing to to, ta- to say to a customer, hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Customer. Unfortunately, your car didn't pass emissions because this. But hey, I have all this these uh, programs and software that uh, I can plug into, and it'll tell me that hey, this car's due for an update. Oh, that's covered by the deal by the dealer. Hey, we'll take it down there and bring it back, and mm-hmm. voila, you got it good. fixed for free. And it's just it's a nice little safety net. Um, I I, yeah. I like the annual <laughs> safety net. Put it that way. <laughs> So, anyway, we got to take a break. Uh, we are taking your calls, 610-374-8800, toll-free, 888-401-0459. And uh, if you are listening out there and you have a Honda question, Dan is a Honda whiz. So you can pick his brain on Hondas. So give us a call, and we'll be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle Talk. I am Tom. With and, and I am Dan. I'm not Ashley. <laughs> when do I get my own intro? Uh, we'd have to redo the whole thing. Did you? I I was surprised you didn't try doing it in like a falsetto voice there. You know, a little high pitched. And I, I thought about it, but I'm worried Ashley's listening. Uh, she is. She's you, trying to, but she I said don't. she's only getting every other word. So. so what you're saying is I need to go up and down and pitch a lot. I'm sure that won't annoy the listeners at home. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So. so anyway, we're going to go to the phones here and talk to George. Hey, George. Evening, guys. Hey, George. How you doing? Oh, uh, not so bad in spite of myself. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Chicken Kiev, mixed vegetables, and rice for supper tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, bring your own sarsaparilla. Okay. Sounds good. I've, uh, you were talking about uh, trying to find parts for cars. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, the difficulty in, in getting parts for cars? I guess some things are, uh, have to be bought new, such as uh, brake pads or rotors and yeah. things like that. Um, or, But what do you think about the... Uh, the idea of getting, uh, I'll say, rebuilt uh, items. A, know, lot of, uh, a lot of the stuff we get is rebuilt. A lot of the alternators, starters, 
I'll call it like your electrical rotating stuff. Um, is yeah. So a lot of the stuff now is rebuilt. You don't see a whole lot of new stuff coming in, but I know there's guys out there like in the area that you can find that will rebuild like starters and alternators, uh, which helps. But the one that we were talking about specifically is kind of like a weird one. And we had called around, and no one wants to touch it. So you're getting into <laughs> that was, uh, a lot uh, of these newer, newer, we'll say alternators are actually talking to the rest of the car. They they will have a third wire in the back, and uh, for lack of a better term, the car will have multiple networks on board. And a lot of rebuilders don't want to touch that stuff just because it's you know it's it's proprietary technology. And it's kind of over their heads. No disrespect to those guys whatsoever. That's an art I don't even want to attempt. <laughs> yeah, you're talking the computer-controlled ones. Yeah, yeah. Right. I know that some well, of the GMs will do that. So, go ahead. That's why I don't work on my cars anymore. <laughs> not, not for about 15 years because it's it's all computerized and over my head. Yeah, and it's funny because guys like me, I don't even think like that. Like that's been the world I grew up in. Like you, you show me a carburetor, I run. <laughs> Again, no disrespect. I got, I got, I got all the respect in the, in the world for guys who can tune a carburetor and do all that stuff. Please just give me a laptop and a Holly Dominator. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, the, car, the carburetors uh, aren't aren't so bad. You do have to need to know what you're doing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I, I as a matter of fact, I rebuild a carburetor. The carburetor on my uh, 49 pink Cadillac hearse. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, hey, so. Tom, do you think your wife would like a ride home from the airport with you uh, in the back? Uh, the Cadillac? Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I don't know when she's actually coming home. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys I'm not sure if it's Saturday home. or Sunday. If I you got, guys make uh, that work, I want the video. <laughs> with that, with that invitation, I doubt she will come back. Huh? <laughs> exactly. I don't uh, think she's going to get in that car. I would. I yeah. got no problem. <laughs> I've worked fit, on them on and off my three. whole career. I climb in the back. I don't care. It fits three, four if I take out the carrying case. <laughs> All right, guys. You, All you right, answered George. my question. Thank you yep. for your time. All right, thank All right. You, thanks, George. We'll see you. All right, and we're going to go right over to Steve in Lansdale. He's got some Honda engine vibrations. Hey, Steve, apparently I'm your guy tonight. What can I do for you? Yeah, hi. Uh, great show. I uh, love listening to you. Thank you. Um, uh, I have an 06 uh, CRV okay. with a manual transmission. Oh, wow. And yeah. it's got 201,000 miles on it now. And it's, uh, I mean, the engine runs very smooth. But um, I've changed all the engine mounts. I have. Uh, Kind of a shudder when uh, when I'm accelerating, and I'm kind of you know dogging it a little bit. Okay, so you're talking like lugging it, it at low RPM kind of deal, like yeah, 20 and, miles an hour third uh, gear type stuff. Kind of, sort of there, you know. Uh, when you got to like when you're asking for power and uh, you're kind of like uh, yeah accelerating a little bit. Uh, the engine, I've changed all the mounts, and now I've actually I put aftermarket mounts in, and I replaced two of the four with factory, okay. the fore and aft, the fore yeah. and aft mounts. Mm -hmm. And it, it stopped it a little bit, but it still has uh, kind of a shutter feeling to it. When you sit at idle, how does it feel? Like if you're just sitting Smooth. there. Yeah. It's glass. Yeah. Okay. 
you can't tell the engine's running. And it doesn't, like, shake um, the steering wheel side to side anything funny? Kind of almost feels like somebody's no, wiggling the no, wheel in your hand. Yeah, that was, we used to do a lot of axle shafts on those. So the other yeah. thing I, I've, I've seen, and it would be more of a you're kind of feeling it in your seat thing, as these Gen 2 CRVs seem to age, I've seen a few issues with that center drive shaft. Is this all-wheel drive or is it front wheel? It's all-wheel. Yeah, there's a weld about, if you if you climb underneath, there's that center bearing. It's uh, The drive shaft spans the entire length of the vehicle, and there's a bearing that sits in the middle just because you don't want to have that, that long drive shaft. And I've actually seen it's a few a of those where the spot weld breaks in there, and it'll, like, jam and lock itself. It's not like it's slipping, but it'll cause the weirdest little vibrations. There's also little U-joints in there, just like your old trucks used to have or your rear-wheel drive cars. They're teeny tiny, and a lot of times yeah. they're not separately replaceable. But that'd be a place I'd look. Um, you got um, no check engine light thing? Because this could almost be like a slight misfire. Yeah, it's, it gets wonderful mileage. Uh, there's no issues there. The tailpipe has no oil, uh, no no carbon. Good, good. Uh, so it's running very well. Uh, the only uh, the, the upper the upper right mount is one I question sometimes. I didn't replace that one only because it's really it's kind of pricey. By they right are, mount, you mean passenger side, like the one right in front of the belt. Yeah, so it's easy to get to from the from the under the hood. Yeah, well, you so, can actually quick visually look at those. You can, uh, I'm, I know it's really tight in that corner on these things, but if you can look, you'll actually see where the bracket kind of goes towards the engine. If that is sitting down, all the way down, there should be a gap between the bottom of that bracket and the frame oh, of the vehicle. That little, oh, that little bridge piece. Yeah, it'll be, be resting. Yeah, if that's if that's resting on, then that's that mount is collapsed, and that is your issue. Um, oh, okay. Because you know, I, I replaced that with an aftermarket, but it didn't help. It actually didn't help at all. But that was before I replaced the other mounts. Yep. The other and good I thing. I put it back to the OEM. I put it. I didn't see any tears or anything like that in the uh, in the in the OEM, the original. Mm -hmm. So you a may lot. not see any tears. It no, a lot of times they just anyway. get weak. I can't tell you how many times I had, uh, like a lot of the V6 Hondas and Acuras. You'll have you'll have customers come in complaining that they think their trans is actually failing, and it's just the front mount is weak. So now when you get on the gas, the engine moves a good yeah. two three inches, and the only way to visually inspect and see is if you can get down there and check that space. Or when you get them out of the car, you'll see that the new mount is a good half to three quarters to maybe even an inch taller, and it's just collapsing internally. And I mean, oh, okay. that's what that, that, well, my pilot's an 06 and I have a rear mount going. Every time I throw it in reverse, I get an odd little vibration. Now I'm just too lazy to get underneath there and do anything about it. It's the old okay. mechanics car thing. My wife's car is perfect. <laughs> Mine, not so much. Well, they're easy to fix. That's uh, that's a good thing about it. They're easy to work on. Oh um, yeah. Did it every day for 10 I had years. No problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that mount, you would be worth my while then to uh, replace I mean, you can that look one? at it, honestly. It's so easy to look at. If you got like a little, like I said, if you can't yeah. see that gap, uh, like a little inspection mirror will tell you what you need to know. Um, uh -huh. I'm sure it, I'm sure it's not cheap. And I'd rather. And maybe the, yeah, maybe that cheap aftermarket one that I bought didn't help, didn't 
didn't, didn't work yeah. either. I've actually put aftermarket mounts in, brought it mm-hmm. right back, like took it on a test drive, and I'm like, okay, I made this worse. Can we call the dealer now? Yeah. Yeah, we actually think we, anymore. We just do dealer mounts yeah, because we've had too many problems. We've had way too many problems with aftermarket mounts, especially anymore. on the little front drivers. I mean, those unibody cars—if their mounts aren't right, you feel and hear everything. Well, um, the the neighbor, his uh, Chrysler. Oh, gosh, somebody I remember that? Somebody put aftermarket motor mounts in it, and he goes, "When you put it in gear, it just shook like crazy," yeah. and the whole car mm. buzzed. And we chased this. We chased everything around on it, and made sure. I thought the timing was out on it because it it shook that bad. Yeah. And and Dan's like, I think it's just bad motor mounts, and somebody had just put new aftermarket ones in it. And yeah. I, I and said, this thing shook, man. It was and, like I always say, you can mix drinks mm-hmm. on the dashboard on this thing. This thing was bad. Yeah. I mean, once bad. you put it in gear, it was okay. But and we put we. Um, actually, he took it over to the dealer. I said, we're pretty sure that it's the mounts, but we're not 100% sure. He said, I'll take it to the dealer, so if it doesn't fix it, I'll give them a bad time. I said, okay, <laughs> sounds like a good plan to me. So, but. I, think, I think it was also one of these deals. We were just trying to help a friend out, too. Like, we are whipping it in and helping us out. So. But, yeah, but he took it over there. Uh, they put the new mounts in it, and everything went away. But yeah. they put the factory ones in. Mm-hmm. So pretty much after that, we've we've stopped with the aftermarket mounts because they're they're just too problematic. Yeah, it's anymore. one of those things that the couple extra bucks you pay makes such a big difference in the end. Yeah, it makes for a bigger, scarier bill in the, on the front end, but five years later, you're not dealing with it. Instead of buying yeah. the cheap mounts and every year and a half, you, you know, whatever, you're tearing them out. Well, I just had to inspect it last month, and the comments from the mechanic was, your your mounts are, are broken. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I just, and they're all... And the before and after brand new. The only ones they didn't do was the right and left. Yeah, I will still. say on the automatic version of those, the mount that holds the transmission, the one that's under the air filter, that air filter box assembly underneath there's yeah. the mount. Those go bad yeah. all the time. And again, ninety percent of them were ninety plus percent of them are automatic. And I always knew by I'd get in it, I'd throw it in gear, and I could just hear the of the transmission. The trans, there's nothing wrong with the oh, trans. Okay. It's just transmitting because that mount is now collapsed. But, yeah, if, at, at 200K, if you haven't done that mount, that'd be the next place I'd look. The airbox ain't fun to get up on that thing, but once you get it up, you'll see everything you need to know. It should yeah, be pretty yeah. Obvious. Like I said, I, I, I have done them all, so I know I'm familiar with the procedure now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. How long do uh, fuel injectors last? Theoretically, um, they should be good for life. There are, you know, there are some cars that are known for issues with them. Um, speaking of Hondas, other than when we had some issues with the direct injection ones when they first came out, I have never had a faulty multi-port yeah. Honda injector. It's amazing. That's amazing how durable they are. I think it's yeah. just just some wiring and a magnet. It's a wild little right. genius right. little thing, and it works so well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, well, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for calling in. Yeah. All right. Great we'll show. talk to you later. Great Thank show. you. Well, it's Thank always you. fun to make, make me feel like I'm smart. <laughs> so, anyway, we got to take a quick break. We are taking calls, 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. 
And welcome back to Idle Talk. I am Tom. I am not Ashley. I am Dan. <laughs> and I believe we're going to go to Garth and Wernersville. Hi, Garth. Hey, good evening. Hey, how hey. are you tonight? Good, how are you? Ah, oh, living the dream. <laughs> hey, are you sure it's not a nightmare? Some days. <laughs> I have to work with Tom, so. <laughs> I know. I, I got I got nightmares at work, too, with the trucks and stuff and mechanic, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, my question is. An 07 Ford 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, Tom, you probably remember. It's the yep. one I had all the brake issues with. Yep. Well, I changed the engine oil in it, okay? And I wanted to reset the oil life. And then in the digital display, it comes up there, slow circles. Uh, does this have a, a little compass? Like it'll tell you northeast, southwest in that display? Uh, I know a I, lot of those Fords have that. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I don't really know for sure. I don't. The wife bought this car and she drives it. I don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, I pulled the book out and I started reading on it a little bit in the book, and well, I just ran out of time to do anything with it anymore. And uh, I'm assuming you have to what go into a parking lot someplace and. Yeah. Yeah, I used to. Uh, when I worked for Honda, we actually would put uh, the fancy compass mirrors on them. Uh, huh. It would be an accessory, and then I would have to go and find a big empty parking lot and do those slow circles and or figure eight. And the thing just needs to figure out which way's mm-hmm. north and south. Figure out where it's at again, to reorient yep. itself. Yeah, yep. and, and they mean slow, like mm-hmm. walking pace at most. Yes. Oh, really? Yep. Um, and so this is going to be, like you said, either left, right, or circle eight, or any and all? So... On a Ford, usually what you have to do is find yourself an open parking lot. And mm-hmm. when it says that, I think it should be ready to be calibrated. And basically turn the wheel all the way to the lock and just drive in a circle real, real slow. Okay. And it usually takes two or three circles to okay. get it to learn. And, and if it doesn't learn and the message is still there, then there's a problem with it. They okay. used to tell us, too, they had to make sure you were away from big power wires and stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything that could be an, an electromagnetic. Magnetic. Magnetic. Magnetic, yeah. Hey, I fix there cars for a living. I ain't that smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, just basically get away from power wires. You know, if, right. if there's a generator running next, it's probably not a good idea. And, uh, yeah, that's probably it. And if you got to do it a long time, I'd maybe let somebody know you know what you're doing. Otherwise, you might get to meet the local police. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, they're not too far away from here at Church Parking Lot. I know I can mm-hmm. use Yeah. And, and stuff. And and there's nothing. There's no power wires or anything. No no, no high tension lines or anything around. Uh, I, actually, I actually used to use the Church Parking Lot do the same thing. I was surprised <laughs> I did it so often. I mean, I was putting these mirrors in all the time. I'm surprised the pastor didn't come out and have a conversation with me one day. <laughs> uh, What's this loony guy? Come with me, son, huh? Why is this guy doing circles in the parking lot? And it's always a different. Is he stealing them? What's he doing? They're nice cars, too. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so this is going to be like walking pace. And Mm -hmm. uh, you think think just it doesn't matter either right or left to start? Shouldn't shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter. Um, Okay. Every once in a while, for good measure, I threw in the figure eights if I couldn't get one to go. Okay. Again, it it should be pre- if if it's going to go, it should go very quickly. Two, maybe three rotations. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, Garth. Have a wonderful you. evening. You too, man. All right. So yeah, the the compass mirrors and stuff. Um, 
occasionally they'll lose uh, you'll see them that they'll lose the uh, their bearings mm-hmm. and you to do that you get them into like a calibration mode and then you just drive really slowly in a circle and yeah. that seems to do it and and it's not often that it happens no but, you'd see it I mean now I see it now that I'm not installing them brand new is dead batteries mm-hmm. or like silly electrical issues where the car's voltage goes really low but not dead and the customer will try to start the car and the electronics do not like that you know that brings up a, a car that we worked on the other day um i actually i was working in the office and um the guy came in he came off the highway and the uh charging light was on he had like a battery light on or something and he had said that he had jump-started in the morning. He drove it up the, the turnpike and up 176 into Reading, and he got off on Penn Avenue. And he said the light was on, and he turned into our driveway, and the car stalled. Wow. And he's like, and it won't restart. I said, okay. So we went out there, and I got it jump-started. And after we, we got jump-started, I pulled it in, and we got a look at it. I went through the charging system diagnostics on it because it had a computer-controlled alternator on it, like Dan was talking about earlier, and went through and made sure that the computer was telling it to charge and it was charging and tested the whole thing. It was actually a shorted battery. The battery actually shorted out. But what made the car stall and shut off was the car actually has electric power steering. Oh, and yeah. Now I remember he, this. Here he, I'm sitting like, where was yeah, I when Dan's he was like doing Dan's like thinking this? about this. He's like, I was right next to Dan when I was doing this, too. And the guy, he turned the steering wheel at that slow speed, and the electric power steering drew enough electricity that it took all the electronics real low and shut everything off. Yeah, EPS, or electric power steering, is one of those, I'll call it a canary, so to speak, canary in the mine, is... If you have odd system issues, a lot of times it'll show itself in the electronic power steering just because of that's a big electric motor. If you have mm-hmm. a car with this and you can actually see it, I mean, the, the wires going to the steering rack are almost as big as the wires that start the car. So in an abundance <laughs> of precaution, they're just like, okay, hey, something's not right. I'm going to warn you. And in yeah. some cases, they actually do take it offline and you do lose assist. Yeah, you'll lose power. You'll lose the actual power steering sometimes if the battery's low on these cars, and which pretty much makes them undrivable anymore. Oh yeah, they're they're so hard to turn if that power assist isn't working on them. Yeah, yeah, especially some of the trucks. A lot of the new half ton trucks. So your your F one fifties, your your Ram fifteen hundreds, your Tundras. Uh, they have electric power steering, and actually, some of the manufacturers don't even want you putting a plow on them without doing mm-hmm. some some other magic around them because it just is too much of a drain on that system and will potentially stall the truck or other accessories and mm-hmm. cause a bunch of just weirdness to go on. Yeah, yeah, the big electrical draws cause, definitely cause some weirdness. So anyway, we're going to take a call from David and why I'm missing. He's got a question about gasoline with ethanol. Hello. Hey, David. Hello. Hello. Around 1974-75, the government decided to remove lead from gasoline. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward to uh, a couple of years from ago, the uh, gas was uh, permitted to have uh, permitted to have ethanol in it. Mm-hmm. So, 
my question is, is you see some stations that will ca carry non-ethanol fuel, mm -hmm. and if it's the same octane as my car recommends, does it hurt to use the non-ethanol gas in my car if it allows E10 or greater? Um, no, it's not going to hurt anything. Uh, usually ethanol or get, get ethanol free gas is usually considerably more. I have an old pickup truck, and it makes all the difference in the world when I put ethanol free in it. Uh, what are you actually driving, if you don't mind? Um, driving a twenty oh eight Escape. Yeah, it really wouldn't make that much of a difference in that a difference in that because I think they started mm -hmm. to switch in like oh four oh five because I was start I was going up to my technical school at the time. And I remember the switch. Mm -hmm. A car like that, they knew it was coming. That truck is calibrated for it. Everything's there. Uh, I've tried it in my 06 Pilot, and I feel like I actually get worse fuel mileage. Yeah, my brother-in-law actually did some testing with his cars. Um, he has a newer Ford Fusion, like a 2017, and he has like a 2018 Toyota Tacoma. And he actually tested it um, using ethanol-free and the and the gas with the ethanol in. And the strange thing was the Tacoma had no change whatsoever in the mm -hmm. fuel mileage, and the hybrid actually got better fuel mileage with which, it, which yeah. was kind of strange because the hybrid doesn't doesn't necessarily use more gas as it just runs the electric motor. But ethanol, by its very nature, has a, uh, is less energy dense i forget the exact i think that's the term they yes. use so you actually do need to use more fuel to get the same power with ethanol so i mean it would be negligible because it's about a 30 35 percent difference between the two if you're only putting 10 percent down and i mean the math is really not in your favor doing much different yeah but if the vehicle is going to sit for a long time absolutely mm -hmm. i mean we drained a tank just the other week and it was like brown mud that came out and this thing had been sitting for about two years uh, when Tommy and I looked at it, and we knew it needed a fuel pump. I, I looked, and I'd seen this thing's been sitting in the weeds a while, and I'm like, um, we're draining the tank, too, because we're not smoking the new pump. <laughs> yeah, because by um, ethanol will actually attract water to it, and when it attracts the water, the water will sink to the bottom of the tank and actually uh, – start to rust everything at the bottom this takes a while this so is not like a, a while week. this is we're talking yeah. six nine months on the early so yeah i mean i don't know because they said that like if you're like if you're a manufacturer if you recommend 87 octane that putting 89 or 92 is actually not a good thing because it's it's not so to the it's not so much a bad thing. It's just you're kind of wasting your money. I mean, the car's tuned yeah. to run on that. You will most likely not get the same or better fuel economy. Now, some people will claim, oh, I put high test in and I get this much better miles per gallon. It's because a lot of times the high test premium fuel has all the fancy additives in it. Mm -hmm. And you will, it's not so much you're gaining anything as you're getting back what you lost by putting, you know, the lower stuff in. But just put regular in it. Yeah, I don't. I don't Gas think you're going to. enough. I don't think you're going to see an, uh, enough of a gain to offset the cost of it. Yeah, that's that's a good way. To no, that's just, I was, that, that was I just my 
my main question was the ethanol because, like I said, ethanol for your non-ethanol is a big, big, that much of a difference if your car is, you know, tuned towards the ethanol gas anyway. So I didn't know if that would yeah. help or hurt. Nope. Yeah. Just put in what the cap says. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna help it or hurt it either way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's but where it does the ethanol free does help is actually like small power equipment. Yes. So like your lawn mowers, your generators and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because they do sit and I think that's why you're starting to see the resurgence of ethanol free gas around yep. because for years it it would sit in in your lawnmower over the winter, and it would attract water, and then you had to either get a new mower or put a new carburetor on it. I, I actually bought a new chainsaw last year, and um, the guy who I bought it from, and this thing was brand new in box. Mm-hmm. All the paperwork said, do not put ethanol fuel in this thing. And actually, I know uh, the guy who owns that place, he's like, as is every other day, somebody comes in, oh, you sold me this last year, and it doesn't run. Mm-hmm. What are you selling me? And it first words out of his mouth are what gas you putting in it and when was the last time you drained it yeah so a lot of times people do it to themselves yeah all right all right thank you very much thank you david take care so we're going to take a break uh if you want to call in 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459 and when we come back we're going to talk to dave in exeter and now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle Talk. I am Tom. And I am Dan. And are we going right yep, to we're Dave gonna and go. Exeter? Yep, we're going to talk to Dave. Hi, Dave. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. I have hey. a question for you. Uh, I have two 2006 Honda Accords. Wow. Pretty much identical. Nice. One of them. That's a yeah, nice body style. Car. I really like them. Yep, 2.4 liter. Here's my question. One of them, it, it sounds good. The engine's got 105,000 miles perfect. Um, I was in an accident. I towed my other car, and I picked this one up about six months ago. I love the car. My question is this. In the morning, the engine, I guess you hear, like, the valves. You can hear the valves tapping. It, you know, it start up, and it takes mm-hmm. a while before it goes away. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, But I just see a distinct difference in the in the two engines, the way they sound. Is they recommended to do a valve adjustment, or can they be adjusted on the one that's making a little bit of a like a ticking, like a little, you know, you know what I mean, by like the valve? Yeah, absolutely. Tapping. Yeah. So Honda is actually one of the few man, actually the only one that comes to mind that actually still has you adjust valves. They have actual lock nuts and set screws. Uh, and the funny thing is, is everybody always thinks it's because they get loose. They actually tighten up and cause misfires with age. The hmm. noisy one. How many miles are on that? 71,000. Oh, okay. Um, I will say K motor, that uh, the motor that's in that is called the K24. It's That's just mm-hmm. they named them Ks. They do get noisy with age. Um, yeah. But, yes, absolutely, pulling a valve cover and checking valve clearance is just part of regular maintenance on a Honda. They usually have you wait till 105, but if you're hearing something, I mean, it's worth checking out. Most likely it's nothing. Like I said, I've. I can't tell you how many of these I've been in, especially on a cold morning. And I'm like, wow, it's like a sewing machine out there. Okay. All right. I'm not going to be overly concerned. Do I have time for another question? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. The the one with 105,000 miles on it, my daughter drives it, and she's had it down in South to college and this and that. Mm-hmm. But I, I took her to the airport a few weeks ago, and I'm going down the highway, and I noticed that when I get it about 
65 miles an hour and especially 75, you feel you feel a shaking. I've heard it might be the the axle half shaft up there where they where it's connected into the the, the drivetrain into the transmission. It could be worn a little bit. I've read that because I had a neighbor who has a Honda Odyssey mm-hmm. and they had to replace their their uh, I guess you call it the axles yes. and mm-hmm. the front yes. wheel drive. Well, uh, usually if you have an axle shake on a Honda, it will they usually start at the high on highway speeds. But you'll normally only feel them while you're accelerating. And the harder you accelerate, the harder the car will shake because there's little bearings in those axles. And what is happening is they're either binding or they're getting play. So as that bad section comes around, it's either speeding up or slowing down, and that transmits through the entire car. Is that – am I kind of describing what you're, you're that, hearing That is exactly what's happened because I did read up on it, and when mm-hmm. you accelerate – that's when you do feel the, the vibration. When you let off the accelerator, it smooths out. Yep. The the other the, the fail the fail proof test I do for something like this is I can get it out on the highway, and I can get it shaking like crazy. Let off the gas, pop it in neutral. May, try you know, and if the the shake instantly goes away, I could all but guarantee yeah. that's an actual shake. I know yeah. if you brought that to me, that'd be the first place I'd go. I'd come mm-hmm. in, pick it up, start looking at them axles. Because there's really not that much else it would be, especially if yeah. you're accelerating hard. My other concern would be the torque converter and the transmission. But at that point, if you're accelerating hard, the converter's unlocked. It's not really in play right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I baby the transmission with the fluid changes, <laughs> and even they even both have the inline filter, which a lot of people don't know about. There's an inline filter yep. up on the uh, in the firewall. It's mm-hmm. like wow, I didn't I didn't know until I got the car. You know, it's fairly easy to replace. So I do the three draining fills on it. And, Transmission is, is solid, so I yeah. The four-cylinder ones were pretty bomb-proof back then. They're good. They're really, they're <laughs> really no issue. I mean, Honda went through the late '90s, early 2000s with some serious V6 transmission issues, mostly because they outsourced it to another manufacturer. And well, <laughs> Honda's clearances and uh, a no-name. We won't name them. GM. Uh, Sorry. I didn't say that. Um, their idea of tolerances versus Honda's were a little off. So. Yeah. But no, the four cylinders oh. are pretty much bomb proof in the transmissions. So I'd be All looking right. at an axle. I will yeah, say okay. it's pretty hard to differentiate which one it is unless you can grab one and it shakes and it's real obvious. You basically have to say, hey, let's put one in first and then see what happens. I have yet to develop a more sophisticated way to do that. I mean, those cars are getting to an age now where you can usually feel it. Like I can pick them up on a lift and I can twist the axle and I can feel the play. If not, I'd start with a left one, but don't don't crucify me well, if that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, and the other the other thing with those axles too is if they have the rubber dampener on the axle too. Oh yeah, that's the other thing you have to be uh, you have to watch out for. If they have a rubber dampener in the middle of the axle at that age, I would just replace both of them. Yeah, they rot out underneath, then they will break. Yep, they rot underneath those rubber dampeners. So. So. Yeah, they're, it's getting old. They're 15 year old cars, mm-hmm. so I imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen. All right. Appreciate thank your you, answer. Dave. All right. All right. That was our show, and that went by really fast. Wow, Danny, that was. He wasn't kidding. Yeah. yeah I didn't know I what I was doing, and I, he's like, "Don't worry, it'll go fast." I said to Dan, "I said everything will go fast. You guys just, you know, just come on and you start talking. People call in, and everything happens, and away you go." So, so can I show up to work tomorrow? Yeah, you can come in. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, you're you're coming in. 
I'll pick you up. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a problem when the boss knows where you live. So anyway, everyone, have a good evening and uh, be safe out there. Yeah, take care. Hope and to get on here soon again.